Okay, just guess. What do you think the search words are that are giving us this result? Once you see it, you can never unsee it. Do you know who Jesus Christ is outside of this book? That's a very serious question you need to think about. Do you know anything about Jesus Christ outside of this book? This is important to God. This is how God revealed himself to us. This is not in the original languages like Hebrew and Greek. This is in the English language, which means if this is truly of the mind of God, we are not just dealing with inspiration over the originals. We're dealing with God's inspiration and preservation over the Bible. We're dealing with him knowing the end from the beginning. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. The first and last verses of the King James Bible, so 44 letters in Genesis 1-1, first verse of the Bible, 44 letters in Revelation 22-21, the last verse of the Bible. So, 44 letters in each, and that's not a very common thing. In fact, there's no other verse in the entire book of Revelation that has 44 letters. It just so happens to land exactly on that last verse. Now, this is not just in Revelation that there's no other verse of 44 letters. You have to go past Jude, all the epistles of John, all the epistles of Peter, the book of James. You have to skip all of those books and go all the way back into Hebrews before you find another verse that has 44 letters. The probability of getting that 44 letter verse perfectly on that last verse of the Bible is pretty staggering. It's, it's not like you're, that's just happening all the time, right? You're not getting lots of 44 letter verses. So the fact that you have the exact same count as in Genesis 1-1, the first verse of the Bible, that in itself should be interesting and should at least make you want to inquire further. And then once you do inquire further, you run into this pattern of 17 and 27. And this is where I was at before this, the big thing happened. So 17 vowels in both Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 20-21, and there's 27 consonants in both of those verses. So they perfectly match by the letter. If you haven't seen the video on my channel where I, I believe it's in 60 minutes proving that the, that the King James Bible has superseded Hebrew and Greek, I recommend you watch that on the entire chapter of Revelation 22, the last chapter of the Bible, and how this pattern of letters, consonants, and vowels, it's just, it's the name of Jesus Christ signed numerically in Hebrew and Greek in that last chapter of the English King James Bible. It's very interesting. Um, so here we have the first and last verses of the Bible. Now what I was doing was um, I was basically looking at how this pattern of 17 and 27 it's not just with the vowels and the consonants and before I even get into that 
Um, if this stuff is, if this is stuff, first of all, if this stuff is just like, you're like, what is this person doing? First of all, Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. Second of all, Jesus Christ emphasized the jot and the tittle. So, by the way, Alpha and Omega are letters in the Greek alphabet. They're letters. Jesus Christ associates himself with the first and last letters. The tittle is smaller than a letter. Um, it's the finest of details. In Proverbs 25, 2, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. People often say, well, why would God conceal the perfect Bible until today? Why wouldn't he? Who's to say he didn't? He concealed Jesus Christ from the entire world, from all mankind. For example, just this evening with my wife, I was reading about uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 16 with David, how he was anointed king. And then God puts David, as he went, after he has been anointed to be king, he puts him in the very presence of Saul, the king of Israel, uh, as his armor bearer, as, as playing the harp for him. And he is just in the, like literally concealed from the king, even though he's already been anointed the king. And God just does this type of thing a lot. Like he will conceal something, and when the time is right, He'll put things into effect the way that he has planned them. So that's kind of the same type of thing we're dealing with here. And what's interesting here is we're dealing with the first and last verses of the Bible. And these two numbers, 17 and 27, when they first show up in the Bible, they are directly connected to each other as the first and the last days of the waters of the flood of Noah. And... There's not many like numbers that you can just pull out and say, okay, these two numbers are mentioned in the Bible and they're associated with each other, literally connected to each other, and they're talking about the first and the last of something. There, how many numbers could you do that with? It's, it's just crazy the way that God has done all this. So 17 first shows up in Genesis 7:11. It's the first mention that 17 is in the Bible. And this is when the flood of Noah begins. And uh, verse, uh, we'll start at verse 10 in chapter 7 of Genesis. It says, And it came to pass after seven days, there's God's favorite number seven, that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month. There's that first mention of 17 in the Bible. You won't find that number of 17 in the text anywhere else before this place in the scriptures. Now, if you flip over your pages until you get to chapter 8, and you go to verse 14, it says, And in the second month, on the 7 and 20th day of the month, there is that first mention of 27 in the Bible, was the earth dried. So all the water begins, all the waters of the flood of Noah begins on the 17th day, and ends on the 27th day. And as it was in the days of Noe, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noe entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. So that 17 and that 27 are the absolute beginning and the absolute ending of the waters of the flood of Noah. I've covered that in a previous video, but I think that's worth re-emphasizing how 
how unlikely is it that we're dealing with numbers here that are that are connected with each other and they're dealing with the first and last of something. I just can't wrap my head around that still. Like I can't think of any two random numbers and go try to find out if in the Bible, when they're first mentioned, they're connected to each other. And when, if they're first mentioned, they're connected to each other as the first and the last of something. I challenge you to do that and to come up with anything. So here we're dealing with Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 22-21. Now it's not just the vowels and the consonants. And I was starting to notice uh, something with the 17 and the 27 yesterday. So I was starting to notice how the first 17 letters of Genesis 1-1 literally takes you to God, to the full phrase of in the beginning God. So that's a perfect 17 letters. In Revelation 22-21, you get a perfect 27 letters starting with Jesus. So Jesus Christ be with you all, amen. So Genesis 1-1 gives you a perfect beginning of 17 letters. Revelation 22-21 gives you a perfect ending of 27 letters. There again is that pattern of the 17th day and the 27th day, so the beginning and then the ending. If you look at the first 27 letters of Genesis 1-1, there's 17 consonants in those 27 letters. So in the beginning, God created the. And the same thing with those last 27 letters in Revelation 22-21. You get 27 letters and 17 consonants. The last seven words of the Bible form 27 letters and 17 consonants. Then I noticed with that pattern, with the remainder of those, those 17 letters that are left, each of them have seven vowels in them. So anyways, something else that kind of drew me into that was the 777th chapter of the Bible. And I'm not sure if I can even put into words if there's anything specifically going on here, but if you go there, it's Jeremiah 32. This is the 777th chapter of the Bible. If you look in verse 9, it says, And I bought the field of Hanamiel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. So that number 17 shows up in this chapter. Uh, now, the, the number 27 does not. But the number 17 does, and number 17 rarely shows up in the Bible. However, the interesting thing about this chapter is that it has 44 verses in it. So if you look, the last verse of the 777th chapter is 44 verses. And if you look in the 17th verse and the 27th verse of this chapter, I don't know if there's anything to this or not, but I think there is based on of, of this pattern that we're seeing here. It's uh, verse 17 says this, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. So we're dealing with the creation of heaven and earth, and then we're dealing with that phrase that says, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Now if you go to verse 27, of the 777th chapter, it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And one of the biggest questions, and this, this, so that's verse 17 and 27, and this chapter has 44 verses. We're literally looking at kind of like a, an expanded like pattern of those numbers that we see with the first and last verses of the Bible. And we know that God does that type of thing in the Bible where 
for example, he takes a day for a year, where he takes those 40 days and scales it up to 40 years, keeping that same quantity of 40, but just showing you in greater magnitude his authority and the point that he's trying to prove. So I think there might be something to that. Okay, let me go back to this. So here's what caused the, the big thing. First of all, I realized that the first and last words of Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 22-21, so the first word is in, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The last word is earth. So in and earth are the first and last words of Genesis 1-1. And I noticed that's seven letters together. And then I noticed with Revelation 22-21, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, amen. So the first word, amen. Last word, also seven letters. That is what led to the discovery. Now before I show you that, I want you to bear in mind that the last word of the Bible, amen, when it's capitalized, shows up 77 times in the entire Bible. And when you combine amen, capitalized, and in, in any capitalization, it could be lowercase or capitalized, in the first word, amen, the last word of the Bible, shows up 777 times in Genesis and Revelation. We can verify this easily by downloading King James Pure Bible Search. And if we type in in and amen, make this capitalized. So we see that there's 77 mentions capitalized of Amen in the Bible, meaning obviously the very last mention is the 77th. If we get rid of all the search filters and just select Genesis and Revelation, we get a rep digit number of three sevens in a row, 777, 777. This is literally just a number that God that people naturally associate with God, by the way. Like, they don't even, like, it, it's just a natural thing. I don't know why it is, but, like, even in, like, professional videos, like, I've seen people, presenters, just throw 777 to represent God. Like, that's just this number. Okay, so that's not just, I don't know, that's just not, it's not just me saying that. That's just, like, there's so many witnesses in the earth, there's so many people who just will say 777, that, that represents God. And a lot of it is because 666 is the mark of the beast, and Jesus' number is 888 in Greek. So everybody has always just said, okay, well then 777 is God. That's God's perfect number, is 7. And it's just, it feels right. It is right. Like, God's perfect number is 7. He does deal with things in patterns. So the first and last words of Genesis and Revelation show up 777 times in those books. And the and Amen shows up 77 times in the Bible. And by the way, the last word of Genesis, which is Egypt in Genesis 50, verse 26, the last word of Genesis shows up exactly 77 times in Genesis, which is the only word in the entire book of Genesis to do that. Um, and Amen is, as far as capitalized words go, it's only one of two words to show up exactly 77 times in the Bible. So the chances are pretty small that happened. Um, but here's what's just staggering. Um, first of all, I guess let me just show you a couple other things so you can see this is just 
happening over and over and over again. God, so in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. God shows up, obviously, in Genesis 1-1. And who shows, who's in the last verse? Jesus. Jesus. If you look up God and Jesus, in Genesis and Revelation, again, the same thing. First and last books of the Bible, you get 343 mentions, which is 7 cubed. 7 times 7 times 7. That's how many times God and Jesus shows up in Genesis and Revelation. There's just so much more to it. It, it could go on forever. Like in Genesis chapter 1, God speaks 7 times 7 times 7 words. Exactly. Like when he says, and God said, let there be light. 343 words that God directly speaks. And it, it, the first and last words of Genesis chapter 1 in the Bible show up seven times seven times seven times seven times six times in the Bible. I have all that detailed in, in that other video I was talking about. So here's the big one. Here is the, the, the most shocking thing that I've seen on my own computer screen. Um, okay, so this is in the entire Bible. Let me just type this in. My computer might be a little bit slow to load it because it takes a long time to load. Okay, let me clear the search filters here. This is gonna be in the entire Bible. And again, this was all triggered by just noticing that there's seven letters in the first and last words of these verses. So all I did, I typed in pretty much the same, same type of thing where we have amen capitalized, right? So using that logic, Let's just start backwards. Using that logic, we have Amen capitalized, 77 mentions. Then I put in the first word, so the first and last words of Revelation 22:21. so the and Amen. And I use the same logic where I'm not looking at case sensitivity of the, of the, which is like the basic word. I'm only looking at case sensitivity of the, of the main word being used, of the subject word. So the and Amen, and then I put in the first and last words of Genesis 1-1. So I put in earth. And to keep it consistent with Revelation 22-21, I made it case sensitive. So we have, right now we have the last word of Revelation 22-21. The first word of Revelation 22-21. We have the last word of Genesis 1-1. And now all we need to do is add the first word of Genesis 1-1. Are you ready for this? Let me get my uh, let me get my camera off for this. Okay, are you ready for this? Let me type it in. So right now we have 65,103 mentions. Let's uh, let's type it in. Let's type in in. And let's wait for it to load. Do you see that? Do you see that? That's the first and last words of the first and last verses of the Bible. Do you see that? Are you getting that? Is that coming through? <laughs> How is that possible 
coinciding with all of those other patterns, seven, 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 there's five sevens there, 77,777 mentions of the first and last words of the first and last verses of the Bible. What do you think that is? I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Somebody puts you on the spot and says, yes or no, that is a miracle. That is something that God did, yes or no. Puts you on the spot. What is your answer? Maybe you need some time to think about it. Maybe you don't. But for me, I have no idea how anybody could think that is just random. That is unbelievable. I can't, like we're literally dealing with the words in and the, like how many times do these words show up in the Bible and they are of the mind of God every single time <laughs> to the point where it's like it's sealed and oh man I'm just trying to think about just trying to think about this like no human mind ever could have thought of such a thing So if you're just seeing this, I don't know who's watching this. I, I really don't know what background you come from. And you're asking, well, what is this? The thing that keeps popping up in my head over and over and over again is that this in itself is nothing special. This is just a burning bush. You're walking along and you see a bush that's burning but it's not being consumed. So it catches your attention. So you walk towards it to figure out what is this? And that's all this is. This is a burning bush. And the amazing thing isn't seeing this. The amazing thing is once you walk towards it and once you 
start interacting with it and finding out who's in that burning bush. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Don't you see it? Here is this bush. It is on fire. This bush should have been consumed a long time ago. Why is this Bible still here after all these thousands of years? Why is it still here and why is it still burning? Why are people still being converted by this book? And why are all these patterns happening? Why is this magnificent number showing up with the first and last words, the first and last verses of the Bible? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. See, the amazing thing is not the, the burning bush. The, the, the amazing thing is that that bush is where the presence of God is. This, the only place where you can learn about who God is, is where the presence of God is, is where the Spirit of God is. Jesus said his words are spirit and life. Spirit and life. When you open this book and start reading it, that is the miracle, that in a book, the Spirit of God can speak to you. <laughs> Here we are, created in the image of God, and how do we find Him? In the book that He gave us. And He has given us a burning bush, shining so bright, all we have to do is turn aside and go figure out who's in that bush. How many people on this earth have seen this? So few. That God has allowed me and whoever gets to watch this, He's allowed us to see it. We should be humbled. And we should not be proud or boastful or arrogant about such a thing. We have seen something that I think Jesus would say even the prophets would have they desired to see such a thing. So many people treat this Bible like it's just an ancient textbook. That's like scary to even say. It's like making my legs just stiffen up right now, saying, like, calling the Word of God a textbook. 
This is the living word of God that will change your life. All you have to do is open it up, start reading. And then when you read, the amazing thing is God speaks. This is the book of the Lord. Isaiah 34, 16. The book that was prophesied of in these last days before Jesus Christ returns. He is coming and everything in the world is pointing to it. Everything in the world is lining up with what that Bible says is going to happen. If you're not saved, and if you don't know what that means, saved from what? Saved from your sins. If you were not saved from your sins, see, the problem is you've come to holy ground, but you're a sinner. And how can you stand before a holy God? Who is this holy God? How do you stand before him with these sins that you've done against him? You've broken his word. You've broken the law of his book. In the 777th verse of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28, 58, this is the 777th verse of Deuteronomy, it says, If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. Jesus preached about hell over and over again. And his name means Jehovah is salvation. He came to save his people from their sins. What happened with Jesus, and the reason he came 2,000 years ago, and the reason that we have this book in our hands, is to save us from sin, ultimately from hell, and to be reunited with God, and to live with him forever. And if you're a sinner, that's impossible. And God knew that was impossible, which is why he sent Jesus. Jesus died on the cross because the penalty, the wages of sin, is death. And when Jesus was on the cross, here's what happened. Every single sin that you have trespassed against God was put on him, and he became a curse on that cross. And his perfect blood, which had never sinned, paid bought you from all of yours. And the payment that God requires is blood. And he received that perfect blood atonement from his son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, you can believe on him who not only died, but rose again. And you can believe on God who raised him from the dead. And when you do that, when you turn away, from all that wickedness and violence and just come to God and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Through the power of his blood, he translates you from 
darkness to light. And you were born again by the Spirit of God. And all those sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. And you become a new creature in Christ. And everything in life, <laughs> life itself begins. And the Spirit of God now dwells and lives inside of you from the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. When he knocks on your door, just like he knocked on mine, and you say, I need you as my Savior. Please come in. I have no other way of being saved to get to the Father. You say yes to him when he is knocking. You are born again, and you enter into the kingdom of God, and I pray that this happens to you today. That's all. That's what matters. That's what this book is about. Saving us, helping others to get saved, spreading the gospel, and loving each other, growing in grace, showing the love of God towards mankind, sacrificial love, serving each other, and letting him live inside of us and abide in us. So I pray that this was a blessing to you. Thank you so much for watching. And if you have any questions or anything, you can always reach out to me in email. We'll see you in the next video. God bless.